So we're in a, a, a series so far called Abiding. It's when God takes up permanent residence. What does that, that mean? And, uh, and just as a little review, so we're kind of now coming into the fourth week of this whole, whole thing and on the march towards Easter. And then the first week, Tom Harper, our elder, uh, one of our elders, uh, preached on uh, a high, high theological concept, uh, and I'm glad that he said yes and maybe fibbed him and said, it'll be fine, it'll be easy, it's okay. Uh, but it is, it is a, a, a really bedrock theological principle of what it means that not only was Jesus there in the beginning, and the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was, not only was he there at the very beginning, but this is what God did. He sent Jesus into this world to be the very tabernacle that we know in the Old Testament, the tent that gets built and where God's presence is. Now all of that right there in human flesh in the midst, in the neighborhood, where everyone can have open access, no see, point, that, that's you, that's God's presence, that is God right there, and that we would see the glory of the Lord. And that was the start of this whole the, whole, the whole thing. And then we moved into then week two. And week two talks about um, the permanent residence. Because the tabernacle, as we know, it's temporary. Jesus, is, Jesus has two arrivals. We've already had the first. We as Christians believe there will be a second someday, whenever that day could be right now. If we just wait a second. Nope, not yet, but could, you never know, because we don't know when it's going to happen, and everyone in this room hopefully longs for that day. And I know that's a real trip, because sometimes I enjoy the life that I have. I got three kids and a wife, and it's wonderful, and I want to enjoy that, and there's nothing wrong with that, but oh, for the sweet day when he comes again. And so, and anytime you, you <laughs> read the news or anything else like that, you're like, oh, Lord, fix it today, please. And there is, uh, as we long for that second coming, Jesus knew that we would be thirsty. He knew that we would be hungry. And he would send, uh, he says to his disciples, I'm leaving you, but I'm not really leaving you. I'm sending you this helper. I'm sending you this Holy Spirit, this advocate, this person who's going to testify for you, this person that's going to convict you and remind you who I said is going to join you with them, interlocked, and completely renovate, continue to renovate you. Remember I talked about Tim the Toolman Taylor and how he always wants to improve. And that's the Holy Spirit improving upon the areas of our life. And that it's not temporary. This is a permanent residence. Talked about abiding. And that's where we got the title of the sermon series, Abiding. And that it's to make yourself at home, to keep with, remain with, stay with. And that, uh, that we are assured of that because of the Holy Spirit's continual permanent resonance in our lives. And then last week I said, now, now, now that we've swung the doors open and the Holy Spirit is, is there setting up shop, um, he starts to work and begins to do the housekeeping. And it's not like when we go to a hotel where we have the option to say no housekeeping. This is when we invite him in, we're saying we want you to change out the towels, change out the sheets. Look at all the dirty places in our lives that need renewal, that need cleansing. And he does that by the word and the truth that Jesus has taught us. So that's where we're at right now. And so now we're coming into, into today, and we're still in John chapter 15, and we're going to focus on three 
Measly little verses, 9, 10, and 11. I went back and forth. I thought, well, maybe I'll just do 9 to the end of 17, but I felt that that would take me all morning, and you all get hungry, and add, you know, you want to be done by 10.30, so I'll make sure that I'll keep it short. <laughs> but, um, but 9, 10, and 11 are such powerful verses to help us understand the power of Christ abiding in us and we in him. The Gospel of John, I don't know if you've seen this, especially in John chapters 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, he really captures and magnifies the two greatest commandments that Jesus uh, taught and said. Remember when Jesus was challenged and said, which commandment's better than the other? And he, and he gave the two greatest commandments. He said, all, all the commandments can be summed up in these two. And that's love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and love your neighbor as yourself. Right, good. Everyone's, so good review. John really captures that in his gospel. I challenge you to go back and read through the gospel with that lens and see how the stories that he elevates, because this is his testimony of who Christ is. See the stories that he elevates, the teachings that he elevates, and see them through that lens, especially this moment in history here on the march to the cross. He's kind of holding that up. And then he says here in John 15 that if we abide, if we remain in, make our home in, in the Lord and in, in Christ, we're like, we're like a, 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 um, a branch to that, to that vine of Christ, and we produce fruit and fruit that lasts. And the fruit that John is after is the two greatest commandments, that we would love the Lord with all our heart, mind, and soul, and that we would love one another um, as Jesus has loved us. He puts a little bit of an addendum on there. And abiding in Christ would produce these fruits, and these fruits would be fruit that would testify to the world that Jesus is real, that Jesus is God, and that Jesus is to be believed, loved, and followed. That's, that's what this fruit we produce to the world, that Jesus is real, that he is to be followed, loved, and cherished, and that he is the true God. And that if we abide in him, the lasting fruit that we get from Christ is that everlasting life. So today, as we focus in on these next three verses, we're going to elevate love the Lord your God. We're going to see what John means by that, what Christ means by that. And I'll try very hard not to get into next week, which would be love your neighbor as yourself. We may have some repetition, sorry, but today we're going to discover what it truly means to make ourselves at home in Jesus' love. Have you ever thought of it in that way? Have you ever thought about what it means to make yourself at home? What does it mean to make yourself at home? Just in general, what does it mean? Be comfortable. Be comfortable. What else? Relax. Yes, D. Anything else? Be assured. Be assured. Eyes on your own paper, both of you. <laughs> Relax. Be comfortable. Be assured. Let your guard down. And I've made the metaphors, you know, swing open the fridge door. Let, let anyone have what you want. Or 
put on those comfy pants, right? Just relax in God's love. Let's dive in, everybody. Let's see what this means. So if you open up to John chapter 15, and we're going to look at verses 9 through 11, page 1071. Let me just read them out to you right now, okay? So we just got done with, uh, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask him whatever you wish and it'll be done for you. Verse 8, by this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, that fruit that proves that you're my disciples, that says God is real, that says Jesus is real, that he's to be believed and to be followed, all the things. Now we come to verse 9. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. Make your home in my love. Stay in my love. Remain in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So when I read these three little verses, what I saw in here was effect and affect. You understand the two, two words, right? You got to be careful when you use them. I always have to, when I'm typing and, and using those words... I always have to pause and like make they take a mental second and be like, which one am I using here? But in here, I saw the effect and the affect. I saw the effect, the outcome of what it means to make ourselves uh, at home in his love. That's the first part. And I also saw then how that then affects our everyday living. And that's the second part of what was in these three verses here. So what does it mean? What's the outcome of making ourselves at home in his love? Well, I love this turn of phrase here. Because up until now in John 15, it's all been about abide in me and I abide in you. About abiding in the person of the divine trinity. Abiding in the spirit and the spirit will abide in you. Or abiding in his word, the truth. That you remain in that and he will remain in you. And now Jesus pushes it just a little bit further so that we see the first great commandment of what it means to love the Lord your God. And he says, just as the Father has loved me, Jesus, so I have loved you. Abide, make yourself at home, not only in my person, not only in my word, but in my love. The love that the Father has given me, and now that I have given you. And what makes this so special, because you could breeze right by this. Okay, yeah, we're supposed to love God. Got it. It's review, confirmation 101, move it along, Pastor Man. But as you sit there and look at it, as I sat there and looked at it, it's loved as in an action that has already occurred in the past. And the great thing about love and the way that love works, it's not only have you received it, but you're continuing to receive love. I didn't, I didn't love my wife and now I'm done. It's that we, can, you know, we continue to grow in that love. But well, that first time where I knew that I loved her and she loved me, that occurred. And the same thing is kind of happening here. Jesus has already loved us, has already loved 
the world. And therefore, the invitation to abide and make ourselves at home in his love is made all the more real and all the more special because we've already received it outside of anything that we've done to earn it. We've already received it outside anything we've done to earn it. We just got to believe in it, trust it. And so, relax. Be comfortable and make yourself at home in the love that's already been established for you. Let me, let me expound upon that. He's already demonstrated this to his disciples, this, this, that you've already been chosen, you've already been uh, uh, made clean by me. He, in, this, in the foot washings in jo- on John chapter 13, it's Jesus who washes their feet. They don't wash his feet. In the words at the beginning of John 15 here, he says, already you have been made clean by the words that I have spoken to you. I've already established things. I've already done it. God shows this in John 3.16 when he says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. But the best way to translate that is, this is how God is loving the world. That he gave his son. The love has already been established. It's already there and placed on the world. Now, some Calvinists would push back on me on this. And they would say, wait a second. (laughs) You know, all the chosen pre-things, all the things. And listen to me. I'm a good reformist, I think. And I'm I'm in the line of of that being chosen and all all the stuff. (laughs) But I, as a parent, I kind of understand the love is out there. It's been established outside of anything that we've, we could ever do. But the call is to believe that you've already been loved. And then if you do that, if you can flip the switch and truly believe that you've received that love outside of anything that you've ever done, it's only then that you can truly understand and relax and be comfortable Put your comfy pants on and abide in his love. But if we're still only focused on this doesn't work, we'll never understand it. You see, what is the, what is the struggle that most people have with understanding and believing in God's love? Do you, don't have to answer, Do you, do I, truly believe that you are a recipient of God's love? Have you made yourself at home in that? See, John, if you go to his letters, 1 John, uh, 2 John, 3 John, really 1 John, it's kind of a commentary on this, on John 15. Go ahead and read through it, and you're like, oh, I get it. And you read through it, he kind of explains what's going on here. But in 1 John, I believe it's 3 or 2, I can't remember, but talks about that if you are going to continue to sin, and if you are sinning and doing those things, then, then, then the love of God, you don't abide in that. You're not, you're not with him. If you abide in God's love, sinning stops. You will no longer sin. So I ask again, have you made yourself at home in God's love? How, um, who among us in here is perfectly sinless? Right? It's a bit of a head scratcher, isn't it? And herein becomes the struggle. Because 
even though we have received God's love and may believe it, even though we have, uh, have understand it, we, we are still free from being perfect. We still slip up and mess up. And I think what happens is, is then we concentrate on the mess ups and we think we are no longer or have never been worthy of such a supernatural, selfless, sacrificing love. If I were to enumerate all the things that I have done just yesterday, I am pretty sure I'd be thinking, oh, move along, Lord. You love me? You may want to check the, the book again. But in doing so, in doing so means that I am measuring God's love, the divine love, by human standards. People have struggle with God's love and the idea of receiving such a selfless kind of love. It's because in this world, in this sin, chaotic world, love has been completely redefined, tainted, um, has been mismanaged, has been abused. And so if you've ever been abused by love, you have been hurt by love, if things have not gone the correct way in your mind, you're thinking, how in the world would God love me in that way? Or how in the world can God love any of us? But if we do that, we are measuring with the wrong measuring tape. Because measuring tape eventually comes to an end. We're dealing with a God who stands outside of time, who stands outside of our infinite existence. And his love bursted through this existence. It came into this existence as Jesus, his son. And therefore, we can't measure it by what we have experienced. We can't measure it by human standards because it's a divine love that says, regardless of anything you have ever done, I am still loving you. Human love says, I love you because. Divine love says, I love you regardless. And when we realize that, when we flip the switch and understand that, we can begin to then receive it and understand it and be changed by it. We get the effect of then being in his love and we can truly relax and have peace and security in knowing that no matter what I will ever do, he is still going to love me. He is still going to abide and remain in me. And so therefore, I'm going to dig deeper and I'm going to dive deeper in, in walking with him and, and reading his word and, and living it out the way he's calling me to live it out because I want to be more and more with him and like him so that I can continue to be transformed by that supernatural love that cannot be experienced by any human. Don't measure it with the wrong Measure, otherwise we'll never, ever understand it. 1 John 4 says this about this type of love that I'm talking about. Listen to how he describes it. It's a commentary to John 15, I believe it. Verses 9 through 10. In this the love of God was made manifest, made known among us that God sent his only son into the world that we might live through him. In this is love. Not that we have loved God, but that he loved us. And he sent his son 
to be the propitiation for our sins. Verses 16 through 19. So we have come to know and to believe that the love that God has for us, God is love and whoever abides, makes his home in love, abides in God and God abides in him. By this is love perfected in us so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment because as he is, so also are we in this world. There's no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear for fear has to do with punishment. So there's no, there's no reason to sit here and enumerate all the reasons why you're not worthy. He knows that already. You've swung open the doors. You've let him in. He's seeing the closets. He's seeing the basement. He's seeing everything you're trying to hide. Don't have the fear that this is counting you out. He's like, I've already gone to the cross for this. Cast out fear has been perfected in love. And the best one, we love because he first loved us. So make yourself at home in his love because the outcome has already been established. You've already been loved. And how you know it is because he sent his son. And not only did he send his son, he sent his son to tabernacle with us and he sent his son to minister and to save us and to go to the cross to pay the penalty for all of the ways that we are not worthy. Relax, find comfort, abide in his love. Okay, so that's, that's verse 9 of chapter 15. <laughs> but then comes verse 10, right? That was the effect. That, that's the outcome. You've already been loved. Stop playing the game. Stop measuring it by human standards. Don't think that you can't receive it. It's already there. He's shouting it out from the heavens. I already love you. Believe in my son and abide in my love and see it perfected in your lives. And now comes the affect. How does this play out? Verse 10, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. Now, be careful here. This is not a command that says, you must keep my commandments if you're going to receive my love. Because then we go back to that old hamster wheel again where we've got to do something in order to earn it. No, he's saying that you have received the effect of the love and now abiding in him will affect your desire, your ability, and your willingness to want to keep his commands. Commentator that I like to use is uh, F, uh, Frederick Dale Bruner, and, and he translated it as, you will want to keep his commands, that your desires will change to be the desires of the Lord, and that you really long to want to walk in his ways. Abiding is all about the continual and affectual transformation of his perfecting love in us, his word convicting and reminding us of his truth to keep his commandments. But now, what does keep his commandments actually mean? Now, I've talked to a lot of you in here, and I've heard a lot of you in here that said, keeping commandments, that we're not under the commandments anymore. Commandments are done. Jesus has paid for it. We just need to love, love the Lord. We don't need to be uh, held to that standard anymore. But I would caution us, because they're still in play. They still demonstrate and explain what God defines to us as righteous and holy. 
The ten that are, that are enumerated in the Old Testament and then the two that Jesus redefines and, and summarizes them all up. This is, this is, if you want to know what God wants for us and how, the, how to live and, and to walk and to be, those are it. And all the things that come with that. We shouldn't look at them as bad or null and void, but as desirable ways of living and that they are fully satisfied in Christ because we're not always so willing. You see, the thing that's gone away is the penalty for not being able to follow the commandments. That's satisfied in Christ. But the, the standard is still there. And so how do we live to the standard? Well, we live to the standard by, here we go, full circle, abiding in his love. Because abiding in his love and abiding in his spirit and in his truth, it changes our desire, it changes our will, it changes our long to be like Christ. If you are truly abiding in the Lord, your heart's desire should be to want to always live in the way that he has called us to live. And if it's not your desire, regardless of mistakes, we're going to make mistakes, that's going to happen. Your desire, is it your heart's desire to want to live and be like him? If that's the truth and you're abiding and the more that you dig deep and the more that you rest and relax in that and the more that you meditate on his word and, 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 and live these actions out and produce the fruit, the more you keep his ways. We're being perfected daily, day by day until that one day where we will fully see him, fully renovated, fully restored. All the home improvement projects are done and we're with the Lord. Now, he ends this passage with, I, I'm telling you these things so that you have joy, my joy, and that your joy will be complete. And I think that's just a good reminder for us all that abiding in the Lord and the Lord abiding in us is not to make us feel, oh, this is a large task and I can't do it. He's telling us to say, I, I, I know you can't do it. I'm giving you the Holy Spirit to help you out with this. And so that the more and more that that power moves through you and enables you to walk in my ways, the more joy you will have, my joy rising up in you. The joy that says that you have been loved and are being loved by the Father and that one day there is a table and a place for you to truly, truly make your permanent residence with me. So make your home in his love. Rest, relax, find peace and find freedom in that, that you cannot screw it up <laughs> unless you just boldly say, I don't believe in you. And that's something totally different. Find the truth, find the peace, put on those comfy pants and rest in his love. <sighs> May we abide and rest in his love and never ever forsake the truth and the knowledge of the love of Christ that has for each and every one of you. Go now and bear much fruit, the good news of that, that people would see in you the love of Christ, ask you the question, and you give them the answer for the hope that you have, so that others may find their abiding home in him. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, all God's people said, Amen. have a wonderful weekend, everybody. <laughs>